0: Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. Hosted by the Missouri Training Institute, this is the Weekly Workplace.
1: Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. With you today, Dewey Thompson, Ray Lyon, and me, Brianna Larimer, the MTI team. Yay! How was everybody? (laughs) Wow, that wasn't a lot of energy. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) <laughs> Dewey's got a lot of work on his plate right now. Oh, right. That is probably true. Yes. Tis so, the season. Tis the season. End uh-huh. of the year. Yeah. Uh huh. And so let's uh, let's just dive into that a little bit as we think about what our episode is today. How do we often reward our high performing people and teams? Oh, pick me, pick me. <laughs> I'll tell you. Yeah. You give them more work, of course. Yes, yes. It's a tale as old as time, as our description says. Um, and it's really interesting to me. You know, I, I, I as I mentioned on our last episode, Pretty seasoned right now in the soup series delivery of our supervisory cer- certificate series, but when I hear a lot of these new supervisors or even experienced supervisors talk about how you know their teams are overworked and leadership's done and they're not recognizing and you know and and I don't know what to do, I got people leaving and turnover so high and that makes more work and I thought it would be good to maybe do an episode on how do we intervene when our teams are overworked?
0: Well, yeah, Um, I think another element that we need to kind of think about with this is sometimes um, that's the only choice, right? Is like you said, other people leave and so other people have to take on work because work isn't necessarily going to go away, right? Mm but, you know, this is about kind of saying no, too, at the mm-hmm. same time. So um, I think there's so much here that we can kind of unpack a little bit for this episode.
2: And it's always easy to say no, isn't it? Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh, so oh easy. Easy. So, yeah. So easy. no, it's not. <laughs> said no one ever. Right? <laughs> saying, and saying no is hard.
0: It is hard. It is hard, especially in a work environment where you feel a, you know, levels of authority kind sure. of situation. Um, and, and if you happen to be on the lower end of that scale. Well, that probably makes it seem very difficult to yeah. say no, I but know. not impossible.
2: No, not impossible. But you're right. You know, you how can I we get it conditioned, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, socially conditioned, I think, to say I can't tell people no, much less my boss, um, you know, my my leader. Mm-hmm. They flash the badge and you must.
0: So let me ask comply. you all, why do you all find it hard to say no sometimes?
1: Mm, I'm a people pleaser. Mm Uh, And so I, I really don't like. I have guilt if I feel like I'm letting somebody down. Um, it's not that hard. (laughs) Sorry.
2: (laughs) However, when I do, we've got the
0: expert today, folks. No, you know,
2: it's it's just it's a personality thing. Um, But it, I have grown into it. Right. Um, you know, in my five plus decades, um, I have grown into that confidence. But I think, you know, when I think back at the times that I didn't say no and I wish I had, you know, why? And I think it was because I didn't want to appear incompetent. Mm. Because, I, you know, I love that achievement. I mean, that's that's my number five is achiever and activator, my number one. So I'm a doer. Mm-hmm. Um, so you say it, I'm doing it, you know, and then realizing, oh, maybe maybe I shouldn't have. But now I'm in it. Now I got to achieve it. Right. You know, right. um,
0: you know, sometimes for me, I think it's oftentimes um, I don't feel like I can say no because this is the boss asking, right? Um, So sometimes I don't really necessarily feel like I have the authority or the power to actually say no to somebody Hmm. uh, about things. You know, I I think I'm getting better at that. But, you know, from where I sit, that's oftentimes a hard thing to do. You know, recently, I just got asked to go do some strategic planning for a couple of organizations, you know, and that was a request made by the boss. Um, And so I was like, okay, We'll do it.
1: Well, and I think it's uh, uh, you know I think it's a delicate balance sometimes too because one of the things I recognize with your leadership, Dewey, is is you'll say you'll say yes to some of those things, but you ensure that the team is still taking care of and and and. And that's what some leaders don't do, you know, where it's like you don't realize the impact or the implications it's going to have on the rest of the team by me saying yes to this project. And I think with projects you say yes to it, it it's affecting you and we're worried about you. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so it, it is interesting to see, though, how you are very, so very good at protecting the team at our time from those things.
0: Well, that's because I know that we I, I think we have to ask a lot Mm-hmm. People who work for us. Um, this is a tough job when you're on the road, and this is a tough job when you have to get up and go meet new groups of people all the time, and you have to stay on top of your preparation for each one of those meetings and each one of those type of training sessions. So um, we, I, I realize that we ask a lot about that. Um, so it is a balancing act. Often, you know, between here's what we want to produce and here's my capacity to be able to produce that. Mm-hmm. And so I'm constantly having to kind of take a look at that seesaw kind of effect between those two things Mm -hmm. um you know i guess another reason why i say i have a hard time saying no myself is um sometimes i just don't have the language Mm, i mean
2: absolutely sometimes
0: i i I, like you i'm one of those Mm trying to people pleasers and so i don't want to let people down but i struggle with the language of how to say no Yeah. Uh, To people sometimes. Yeah.
2: You know, um, and and I get that, even though you're in your heart, you're like, no, 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 Mm no. And then you're like, how do I verbalize it? Like, what is how do I respond to the email and politely decline? And and so acquiring some of the vocabulary, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's uh, one of the things when I because I teach we we all do. But I remember writing the session on how to say no Mm -hmm. and talking very specifically about what are those words that you use? What are those phrases? And then pocket them. Right. Put them in your tool belt and and, you know, practice saying them. Somebody asked you to, you know, their, you know, Tupperware party, you know, quote unquote. Um, And. Practice saying no to them, Mm -hmm. you know, and and just thinking. But, you know, thinking about the process of saying no and, you know, just just like anything, you know, acknowledge the request. You know, I I would might say things like um, thank you for thinking of me.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm. Right. Because for whatever reason and. You don't have to know, um, but you did come into their mind. Whether you are the rock star, and so they know you'll get it done, and they wanted to just bestow this uh, horizontal loading on you, or um, you know they're dumping. Who knows, Mm -hmm. right? But for whatever reason, and so I thank them. I just acknowledge them. Thank you for thinking of me. Mm -hmm. It's interesting, you know. I do enjoy these kinds of projects or whatever might go along with that. Um, And then I think it's always, you know part of why they feel like this needs to be done. So I think there's a point of um, not just acknowledging that they thought of you, but uh, appreciating what situation they're in. Mm. So that's when I talk about I've kind of grown into it because, you know, empathy isn't in my just normal DNA. I have to be very intentional. And so I think empathizing with, you know, where they're sitting, you know, there's been a request of them in some place or they're feeling a particular drive or need to accomplish Mm -hmm. this particular task. So, you know, how can I be empathetic to why they're feeling the need to take on or to pass down one more thing or so, you know, maybe acknowledging you know i i can see how it would seem important for the you know department to be seen as you know first in in this particular area and just kind of acknowledging uh, you know to the person asking you and then if you can do it obviously you can have that conversation but if you can't can you provide an alternative
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: So like acknowledge, empathize, and then alternative. You know, I'd be happy to take on part of it. Or I, I actually know somebody who might be better mm-hmm. at that than me mm-hmm. and could probably get it done quicker. Um, you know, now you might need to go check, but you know, before you offer up that name. Um, but kind of that, that process of acknowledge, empathize, and then offer an
0: alternative.
2: Mm-hmm. So you're not, really saying the (laughs) N-O, right? Um, But it's a process Mm -hmm. of politely declining.
0: You know, when you think about that, um, um, offering up alternatives, I think there's others that you might be able to try too. So things like, I'd be happy to take that on, but I've got all these other things on my plate right now. So help me to understand which of those goes to the later priority, mm-hmm. um, you know. So you're you're help. You're asking your leader, whoever asked you to do this, to help you maybe reprioritize um, what you're currently doing.
2: Mind or, your tone on that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think you bring up a good point here, and that is, you know, a lot of what we're doing here is going to also assume that you've done your job as an employee right. and developing a good relationship, because these conversations become a lot easier than to have, mm-hmm. as opposed to if you haven't done the job of doing sure. that, then yeah, that might be a little harder to, to pull off. Yeah. Right
1: what I used to do in that uh, regard. And I think I I mentioned it before, but uh, I had a hard time like asking the request of providing the alternatives kind of thing, reprioritizing for me. So I actually (laughs) would keep that whiteboard in my office so I'd have all the projects listed out on the whiteboard. And when someone came in and asked me what is, you know, or can you take this on for me? Sure. Turn around. My supervisor in particular, let me know what you see on the board. You want me to kind of move around so then it's more of a, a visual for them and it kind of took me out of that space of having to be the one that's like, I got this and this and this. Tell me what you want me to reprioritize.
0: (laughs) Now, there's just a visual element to it. it. (laughs) You know, I'm thinking another way to kind of take a look at it, too, is also to what standards does it need to be? Does this need to be performed at? You know, not everything has to be, you know, 150 percent. You know, there could be opportunities where um, I can do this part of it, uh, but it might not be to, you know, this expectation. Yeah. So, well, help, me, help me yeah. work on that. You, you know, know, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. You yeah. Know? yeah.
2: Jot it down. Put it on a sticky note and right. and stick it in my mailbox. You know, is that the level of expectation? Right. Um, and so, yeah, definitely clarifying what this person is asking of you mm-hmm. uh, before you say yes or no. Right. Um, but again, you know, you, you've got to pay attention to your tone because they're
1: telling themselves a story about what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very true. Very true. And so we kind of we kind of think about this and I, I want to bring it back up because I think we, we've kind of laid the foundation right now for how to generally kind of get through or some opportunities for saying no, whether you're individual, uh, but or the manager of the team. So when I think of of being in that manager role or supervisor, frontline manager, you um, how can you tell that your team is in that space where they have just taken on too much or maybe we've said yes too much as uh, as a team?
2: Well, maybe that whiteboard is full.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> but then you got to balance, you know, is that an organization issue or, you know, is that truly a too many tasks on the plate issue? I think you look for things like, missed deadlines, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, more, more mistakes, whatever that might be, you know, like um, just, you know, we do a lot of writing. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. Um, You know, you can probably see it in their disengagement, you know, with just the team in general, Mm -hmm. just some of those things. Like I can't handle one more thing. And quite honestly, just listen, because sometimes they're like, I can't take on one more thing. Right. (laughs) So (laughs) then you know what? You got to respect that. Mm hmm.
0: Yeah, I think I think usually the symptoms are pretty evident, you know, people's attitudes um, or, or, or their tone that they're taking with other people become pretty short with one mm-hmm. another. Um, you might see people consistently, you know, working long hours um, over a period of time that you think, well, why are they why are they still here in the office when, you know, it's it's break time. It should be they should be going home and and they're well, still there. Um,
1: and to that point, Dewey. Now technology and oh, having yeah. been in that remote environment um, for you know however a couple of years now we know we can take work home with us. Mm -hmm. And so when you have, you know, symptoms of people sending out emails at midnight sometimes, (laughs) and I have done that, but I work better at night. So Mm -hmm. uh, we've talked about that, but that's, those are some of the things that I I would also consider is that Mm -hmm. trouble disconnecting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. People having a hard time disconnecting the world of work. Yeah. Yeah. At all times of the hour. So,
2: you know, with that being said, and you know, getting that first email at 1234 a.m. Um, I mean, I didn't open it, you know, until later. But as a leader looking at like she sent this past midnight, mm-hmm. you know, and so that means I need to check in with her because what, first of all, what are you doing up? You know, I, I go to bed at eight o'clock, eight thirty, <laughs> and I, you know, or at least I'm in bed reading or, you know, quiet activities. But, you know, what are you doing up? And then, but recognize that is her circadian rhythm, mm-hmm. perhaps. Mm-hmm. So, OK. Or, she does have too much on her plate and, you know, mm-hmm. and then is it seasonal? Right. Mm-hmm. You know, right. Is, sure. it, is this just, yeah, we've all got this extra push or I mean, communicate, communicate. Right. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. right. You know, I guess a final thing I might say is, that you you know, mm-hmm. take a look at people's. Um, a sense of loyalty or commitment to the job, you know, because sometimes you start to see that 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 mojo kind of going out, you yeah. know, that spark has kind of gone out um, and they're they're maybe have lost their sense of meaningfulness um, with what the job's about. Yeah.
1: So if a lot of this is occurring because maybe and, and you all have worked with a lot of different organizations, you um, But we know that change processes bring a lot of this when there's new policies that come down when they're, you know, and I say come down because it always seems like it's inevitable. It comes from a leadership's decision, you know, and you feel like it's being just kind of that applied and you've got to go forth and figure out how to dig through the mud and the murk of of actually applying it now. But... What can you do if you are in that space as a middle manager and you realize your team's overworked and now I need to kind of step in and I got to intervene. You know, I've I've got to be able to support my team because enough is enough um what have what have you all seen or what have you maybe done i don't know if you all have been in those experiences as as leaders you know one thing that probably everybody's
2: heard me say is we teach people how to treat us mm-hmm. and so it is very hard if you've always been that person that said yes to everything to now go oh crap. (laughs) My (laughs) people are are barely above water um, and and change the the boat around Um, because we've taught them that we'll say yes to everything. So just recognizing that, you know, if if you haven't gotten yourself there yet, you know, maybe establishing some boundaries um, is a good idea. But the other thing is, I think, standing up on behalf of your people. Like, don't take that like I'm telling my boss, no, I am advocating for the mm-hmm. well-being of my people, mm. you know, and so kind of just shifting the mind from, you know, this is about me and I'm going to look, uh, you know, guilt, or, you know, I'm going to look bad in the eyes of, of the boss or whatever um, is really like, no, actually, I'm standing up for my people mm-hmm. who are even farther away from being able to say no.
1: Mm hmm. I love the word you use there, the advocating, because the reality is, I mean, the answer still might be you got to do it, but what you have done in the eyes of your people by them knowing whether it's through you directly telling them that you told the boss, you know that, or uh, whether it's through the gossip lines we all know happens sometimes, but it's it's letting people know that you've got their back, you know, and so I think of the credibility that's built. As a leader in just advocating, you know, and I I like that word, you know, it's not saying no, it's advocating on behalf of your team, how deeply that can tell somebody, your employees, that you care about them. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I think it's I think you also said something really important here, too, when you said Uh, sometimes it still needs to get done anyway, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes you don't have the authority um, as that middle manager or that frontline supervisor. You know, the, the job is the job and higher ups expect it to be done. Right, Um, no excuses sometimes. And if that's the case, then as a leader, I think it's important that you bring that out into the open and be honest with your Mm -hmm. employees. Right, you know, let them know um, that you know, like you say, you advocate for them, um, you've got their backs. But hey, we're in this together, and we can't seem to, you know, let this slide. We have to get this done. You know, Mm. so bring them into, you know, how you how you solve that problem. You know, bring your employees into it um uh ask them for suggestions
2: you know in in communicating that um i think it's going to be very important the why Mm
0: -hmm.
2: first you know why is leadership taking this on in the first place you know what are they trying to do i think that's going to be important so i think as that middle manager you need to be asking 101 questions Mm -hmm. you know just to get really clear Mm -hmm. so that you can communicate that directly to your people especially when you say we have to right because they're was the first question, why? Why? You know, and so before you bring it to your people, um, ask as many questions as you can possibly think of to ask to get very clear mm-hmm. on what you'll be asking your people to do. And I think, you know, there's there's a lot of setup here um, because you're right. You're you are that wedge in the middle, you know, and, and you're tr- trying to keep your people healthy and safe and and think of their well-being. But then on the other side, you're trying to get production and a good quality and and meet whatever those expectations of of your leader are but in between you know how are you forging those relationships in order to leverage them when it is time to influence up
0: mhm You know, it's
2: not maybe in the moment, uh, you know, those things happen in between all of that.
0: Do your prep work ahead of time. Get those get a really good relationship built, an honest, trusting relationship with your bosses. Mm -hmm. That's the best way to be able to influence up. Um, Are you the middle manager that your boss wants to hear from?
2: Exactly. You know, mm-hmm.
0: Have you become that person who um, they're going to stop what they're doing because they they value your opinion? Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know? um, and if you've done that job, then it becomes a lot easier than to get the information you need to understand what the why is, maybe to help um, upper management, uh, maybe reprioritize. Maybe this isn't the best time right now. Mm-hmm. Um but you've got to be that person that they want to hear from.
2: You know, that's so funny because it reminded me, um, you know, I used to teach school and um, high school um, and I love that age group, by the way. Love them, love them, love them. But they all teenagers have a mind of their own hmm. and coming from a corporate environment as a, a, a leader um, and then into a public school system as a teacher, you know, All of the things that happened in my classroom were my responsibility. Mm -hmm. So I handled everything in my classroom. I mean, from, you know, the learning that was happening to when emotions, you know, got tense and power struggles and, you know, kids having issues with each other. I mean, all of that happened within my classroom. And I remember one time there was a situation with some students um, that for safety, I did have to send to the office. Right, and I'd been teaching here for a couple of years, and I remember going down and following up after school about you know what did the principals decide to do, and um, he kind of jumped on me a little bit, and he said, um, you know, you you should have let us in on this sooner. You never send anybody to the office, <laughs> and I was like, isn't that a good thing,
0: right? <laughs>
2: right, and you know it was kind of funny because yeah, and. You know, I, I spoke up for myself, don't worry. Uh, but, you know, it was, are you the frequent flyer? You know, are mm. you sending every little nitpicky thing? Mm-hmm. Um, so to your point, you know, just do they want to listen to you? Or are you the frequent flyer that's always throwing up victim, victim, victim? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I I just remember going, really? I don't want to send kids out of my room. I want them to learn how to deal with one another and stay in the learning environment, you know, but I just thought it was funny. He kind of jumped on me for that not no. sending them enough. <laughs>
0: hmm.
1: <laughs> like, well, maybe I don't have a lot of trouble with you
2: know, right, my kiddos, right,
1: so right. take that. <laughs> well, and I have to imagine, I mean, it, it certainly is probably a, a difficult position kind of uh, looking at both sides of it. You know, obviously we know how hard it is to to say no up, upward. Uh, but at the same time, it's hard sometimes to imagine from a leadership's perspective to be able to, um, they have really big lofty goals for an organization. I mean, to, to really be in charge of the entire organization. It can it can probably, in my mind, it feels like it would be overwhelming. But being able to just kind of take that stance and if you've built up the relationship, being able to communicate well with them what you might consider being the priorities and asking for their input then based off this new request that has come down. But absolutely 100%, the relationship has to be there before you can have that kind of conversation. But sometimes just assuming positive intentions even. Mm-hmm in the opposite yes. direction.
2: Yeah. 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 And you know it's I mean just as as much as it's hard to say no from a leadership perspective, uh, you know, how hard is it to hear no? Like mm-hmm, what then? You know, you're like, "Oh, yeah. I just I just thought this person would do this." And mm-hmm. you know, I I love the comment that, you know, when we were kind of before the recording that was brought up is, you know what? It is somebody's right to say no.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Everybody has the right to say no, yeah, yeah, absolutely.
2: And so I don't know i I just I think that resonates, and I think it needs to be said it doesn't necessarily say anything about you,
1: no mm-hmm. you know. Absolutely, you know, and I'm I'm intrigued because sometimes when we we get into these spaces uh, where we're overworked or we're stressed, we have a lot going on, we feel like we've taken on too much. Um, you know, the first thing that usually goes is our creativity, and one of the things that that I really like when we're in this space is we ask the question here all the time, right? How's this the best problem we've ever had? And sometimes I think that we we don't give pause to that space where we just recognize like how how can we be looking at this differently or how can we come up with maybe new creative ideas? And I know of a, a company um, who... Obviously, just like everyone has lost uh, a lot of employees, they're down. Their uh, they're, you know, staff is very, very minimal consca- compared to what it used to be, but they're all doing the same amount of work, uh, more work, in, in fact, because of the amount of uh, people they have. And what they've decided to do is things like delegating externally to third party companies sometimes. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. You know, and we don't often think of that because it's like, oh, I got to do it, I got to do it, right. I got to do it. Because we've always done it. Right. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Uh, but being able to recognize, look up for a minute and mm-hmm. recognize okay, what can I maybe delegate externally? And, and knowing that you are asking this, and I'm saying you, I'm lifting my hands up in the air thinking leadership, yeah. right? You're asking this. Um, here are some resources that we could use. Maybe it, it requires us to open up the budget a little bit to be able to acquire that third-party agency to accomplish this as well.
0: Yeah, well, you immediately boost your capacity, right? Right. When you do Absolutely. Like that. right. I would also encourage us to think, though, um, both internally, not just externally. Sure.
1: That's a great you point. You
0: know, we could probably delegate maybe is there another department that might not be going through so much that this one department is? Is mm-hmm. there a way that we can um, delegate there? Um, um, is there a way that we can shift work responsibilities among my team members, you know, in a way that kind of boosts capacity in some way? Mm-hmm. Um, is there uh, training or development that um, would help us overcome this, um, you know, that we need to participate in so we learn something new in order to accomplish this? I mean, there's lots of things you could do to kind of boost your capacity, but um, delegation is probably the one thing that comes to my mind that will immediately kind of um, Boost that capacity to perform.
1: Absolutely. Well one of the things I think we often forget, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna go on my little soapbox for a minute. I recognize that we are in a space right now where where we have gone through the great resignation and and service. Now and we're quiet quitting. Yeah, I know, right. Now we're quiet quitting. Uh, service in organizations is just isn't up to what it used to be because of the lack of people. I get that, and here's the thing. If you are in that space where maybe your service and what you are providing, whether it's to clients or actual products, are not the same standard that they used to be, communicate to your customers the why, like w- that this is the case. And I say that because it, it kind of gets, gets frustrating as a as a consumer to go, well, what the heck? You know, Amazon used to offer two day free delivery and now it takes a week to get something. You know, we, we're used to something, we're creatures of habit. And it'd be just as simple as saying, hey, look, we are down, you know, 1500 employees at the Amazon warehouse. And I'm using Amazon as a, a big all-inclusive, um, Um, But there's several places that are like that. And sometimes when we're just vulnerable and honest with our customers, like we are truly doing the best that we can. And then on the other side of it, the receiving side, the customers are assuming positive intentions. They don't want to treat me this way. They don't want me to be the person that I have to be checking myself out with $400 worth of groceries today, Mm -hmm. like Uh, assuming positive intentions. So I think it can go both ways. Communicate to your customers and then also as customers assume that your people at that company are really trying to do the best they can with what they have communicate communicate yeah. communicate yeah absolutely absolutely yeah so any final thoughts as we start wrapping up this podcast
0: you know um I, I would just reiterate one one final thing and that is it becomes a lot easier to say no to people um on the authority line <laughs> upwards um if you've done your job of, of uh, earning their trust Mm-hmm. Oh,
2: yeah. You know, and, and kind of circling back to what you brought up uh Initially, Dewey was, you know, find your words, find your words before mm-hmm. you need them, because, you know, sometimes when your emotions uh, are taking over, um, you know, it's hard to be logical. But, you know, practice saying no mm-hmm. and feel that like, oh, my gosh, the world's still revolving, <laughs> you know, and mm-hmm. and just realizing, you know, and it's kind of empowering, you know, like, oh, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm going to have to decline this time. Mm hmm. You know, is there an online catalog, or you know, whatever? Um, but start practicing and and realizing that not everything is at the same priority level.
0: Right, right, right.
1: Absolutely. Well, uh, we'd love to hear from you on this topic. What have you experienced in your workplace? Uh, let us know. Email us at mti at missouri.edu. And until the next episode, go be great.
0: Peace.